2: Thanks, Craig. So uh sing along at home if you're if you're able. Who's been messing up everything? It's been Agatha. All long long
3: long long. Long.
1: I
2: messed up. I Sorry.
1: That is gonna have a fun. Yeah, there's no way over this system for us to say things at the same time.
2: Yeah, I know yeah. you, you can see that at the end of every episode with our hello and welcome to hello and hello 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 hello. <laughs> uh yes. Uh the if people who are listening to this episode and going wait what are they talking about um this episode contains
3: this... spoilers for wandavision just sure like does. every episode of the ace of geeks podcast
2: <laughs> <It> sure does <laughs> we have a weird thing where we record on tuesdays and release on saturdays so we're always talking about the last week two wow, episodes ago of wandavision <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right let's dive into this because rowan had a wonderful theory that i want
3: to dive into some more uh oh. please illuminate sir OK, One so um, I know that like, OK, so I, I read a Nerdist article and they were all like, oh, we know that that this Agnes Harkness character might be related to like whoever's been manipulating Wanda and creating this whole dead. No, they're not fooling anyone. Agnes is literally Agnes has always been whatever Wanda needs whenever she needs it wanda in that moment right before the heel turn needed someone she could blame for everything going wrong who wasn't herself cue agnes being a Mm. witch with a weird palette swap of literally wanda's powers someone on your spoiler
1: chat brought something up that i thought was genius and supports this theory which is that the scenes in the basement are in the same aspect ratio As anything that occurs outside of the boundaries of the show's control but as soon as the agatha reveal occurs and the song it's all back to the show's aspect ratio so is your
2: is your theory then rowan or jaris whoever's point is your theory that the basement the hell basement is real um or is that also part of wanda messing with herself
1: Rowan, you spoke first, so you have ultimate choice of whether or not you <laughs> want to join me in my partial theory. But
3: I mean, no. to me, that makes sense, because this is the first time we've seen that glowy book that's in the basement, which I think is probably uh, part of the nexus of this situation, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, these are good puns. Mm-hmm. Um, it, This like the, the weird hell basement crypt place might be a a zone within the hex. That's a little bit more real than the rest of the hex. Um, Like a
1: managerial zone or a, um, Mm -hmm.
2: like the behind the scenes, like the tunnels in Disneyland. Exactly.
1: Administrative.
3: Yeah. And my, my assumption is that either the book and that room are part of the catalyst of how Wanda did this in the first place, or they are, like you said, kind of an external to her managerial side thing, because like there are a bunch of moments in the show, especially in like later episodes where people specifically turn to Wanda and they're like, do you do you want me to do that again? Or like Herb in the episode in the Halloween episode turned to Wanda was like, are you do you want us to change anything?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I
2: think that... I, it may be, too, that as Wanda becomes because I think right at the beginning when this for all first started Wanda may not have been fully aware of what was happening and what she was doing because she keeps saying that she didn't know how she got here and she right. just kind of decided to roll with it and so I wonder if as other people become more aware like on the outside that Wanda is doing this that maybe Wanda herself is becoming more aware which is why the people that she's controlling are then responding to her as if she's doing it um, my my thing with correct. my thing with Agatha or Agnes, um, is that like, uh, she um. Sorry, what was I gonna say? Um, whoever's do editing this edits this out. My brain went bonk for a second. Um, I think Agatha is Agatha Harkness. I think that that's a such a deep cut comic book character that it would be weird to bring her in as a complete fake out, but. Agatha in the comics has always been an ally not the villain um she was you know the Fantastic Force nanny she taught Wanda how to use her powers um and so I do think I think this is a double fake out uh and I think you're right Rowan even if it is actually Agatha and she actually is a witch who was in there I think the Hex and Wanda's power working together conspired to make her like the villain that Wanda needed in that moment. Right. Um, The interesting thing about the book, and this is a whole nother discussion, but there's a lot of, there's, there could be, that book could be the Darkhold, which is a famous evil magic book from
3: Marvel comics. Um, Yeah. When it showed up, I was like, oh God, is it, is it that? And, but I couldn't make out the, the weird, very fanciful Darkhold scrawling across the front. It just, well,
2: and the thing about the Darkhold is it's um, it appeared in both Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Runaways. Uh, but oh. neither of the, it doesn't. It, it looked the same in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as it did in Runaways. It looks nothing like that. The book that appeared in WandaVision looks nothing like that book, uh, yeah. which means it, either it's a different book or they're finally just saying, hey, those shows
1: never happened. Sorry. I mean, did something happen to the Darkhold that would mean that this could not occur? Because I don't know,
2: because I never finished Runaways. Um,
1: uh, And I didn't finish Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the end. I didn't realize there are two seasons
0: of it I had not watched. (laughs) Yeah, so I was... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just got really weird. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Um, The last thing that I remember happening to the Darkhold and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was that Knight Rider... Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider. Thank you. Sorry, Ghost Rider took the book into the hell dimension that Ghost Rider right. comes from. Yeah, right. I um, but it, is a it was apparently
1: they can probably get out of. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. I think, I, I it's think at least semi sentient.
2: I think the short clip I saw um, from Runaways that had the Darkhold uh, was showing that it was in uh, Nico's mom's possession, which makes a lot of sense because yeah, you know, evil witch, uh, but um i again i stopped watching that show after we realized that they were never actually going to run away (laughs) (laughs) it was just going to be them dealing with their parents forever that's not what i came there for that's
1: not what the comic is
2: no yeah i mean they eventually did run away but they ran away and then like their parents were still a huge part of the story and i was like that's a season one wrap-up guys i know you spent a lot of money on james marsters but like Let's move it on. Let's give these characters something else to do. Yeah. But anyway, WandaVision. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think of... Uh, yeah, WandaVision.
0: Who else has thoughts on WandaVision? <laughs> I just love how um, they... I, I just love how accurate they're being to the era of sitcoms and also like... True the character of wanda and vision it changed throughout the seasons because like she was like a spitting image of the mom from modern family you know like how she kind of reacts (laughs) to the situations and stuff um and vision was totally the dad from modern family as well so um i really i really do appreciate that but now we're getting like Things are getting weird, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And and also, I just I just loved that it was Agatha all along song. Oh my god, it was
2: so good. That was just the best. so perfect. That was yeah. That was the magnum opus for um, Robert and I forgot her name uh, again. Kristen uh, Lopez. Kristen Lopez, the uh, the songwriters for this.
0: Yes, uh, folks, that was Remix the Frozen people. people.
2: Yep. Oh, that was the Finding Nemo the musical people.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Huh. Okay.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, they've written um... <laughs> all the theme songs
1: for for the show. It was very pitch perfect. I really love the kick and the kicking the dog trope. Um, yeah. It really feels like when the hexes, artifices are strong, narrative shit is turned way up and yeah, like yeah. all of these weird tropes get woven in these like looks and things uh, some people were complaining were a little thrown off because their uh 90s show was a little bit more early 2000s than
3: quite yeah 90s. they, they was, sort of skipped because it was kind um, of malcolm in the middle
2: yeah <laughs> like it was. The, uh, yeah. It, it was malcolm in the <laughs> I middle mean, yeah. not even kind of um it was so oh i just have to um one thing that I was going to say that I think is interesting um, is that if if Agatha's here to help Wanda with the hex, like if she's uh, if her if she's trying to keep the hex up to drain Wanda for some reason, she's done an awful lot of work to take the hex down. Like she wow. um, she has been the one who's been most uh, bringing things to vision's attention that are, yeah, that true. make things don't make sense. And if she did kill Sparky, that was something that brought the brothers, the, the brothers out of the universe enough. that They were like, mom, resurrect him. Um, right. And which
3: brought Wanda then out of it a bit. Honestly, uh, it was regarding the death of the dog. Like I was already pretty sure that Agnes had killed the dog. I just kind of assumed that Wanda made her murder the dog so that she could have this, tender moment with her children where she tried to teach them about accepting death as a way of getting herself to accept death and then the kids are like we don't have to accept death you're god why would we accept death
2: yeah and you know that actually if if Agnes is or Agatha is actually trying to help Wanda like really help her like in the same way that um uh that uh photon is uh, Monica is um then he has many names yeah so many so many names and marvell keeps stealing them that jerk uh but uh (laughs) the um uh then her all the things like killing sparky could have been a way of making wanda realize how like messed up she was doing being like trying to get her to talk to her kids about grief and death so that she herself would be forced to face what she was doing with Vision.
1: Yeah, I I definitely see an aspect of that, but if they do it, I really would like them to handle what that was psychologically like for Agatha. Like, yeah, I think they're hitting us with a lot of good, it is not a good thing that is happening here, these people are suffering. But there are also some moral dimensions that I think are not fully explored, and yet the show... I feel is very much engaging us to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I really like about this show is the shows like, this is incredible abuse of power, but we're not going to just wash that over. Let's talk about that.
2: And also like, we're not just going to be like, Oh, Wanda's gone crazy. She's the villain. Like they, they are deliberately being like, no, Wanda's totally understandable in what she's doing. It's wrong, but there's more to it than that, which I I think is really dope.
0: Those having... are my favorite types of villains, you know, like because I mean Thethetics. it is it is kind of villainous that she's going against Vision's wishes, but like bah, not but even that is so was
2: what's his face.
1: So yeah, so so is uh, yeah. which I think may have been done to give some sort of moral relativism a little to what she's doing. Um, oh definitely like gray it up a bit so the thing that i remembered uh is that monica really concertedly engaged with the themes of this show and like to tried to speak right to um wanda's psychological journey that she supposed that she's having like there is very much this thing where the show does not want us to just assume wanda is the antagonist you have yeah and that's actually monica's
2: role in the series which is i i think a great
1: decision yeah yeah i there's just so many angles we could look at this from and yeah yeah, a lot of it's great i think
2: Mm -hmm. that's part of the reason too why not just because it it's cool but because that's a part of the reason why they brought back the characters they brought back in Jimmy Woo and Darcy, because they're the some of the most sympathetic and lovable characters in the show. So to have them be like, no, Wanda's not a bad guy, really helps the audience get there. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Just because she is bad guy does not mean she is bad guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The show's also
1: really
3: hitting us with this
1: thing where Marvel's like, the conceits we're talking about are ridiculous. But instead of pretending like we're embarrassed about that let's have our characters really struggle and ask themselves god this most recent one in which vision is breaking through these multiple fourth wall pockets was so goddamn delicious for me because you (laughs) get this character who's in a scene and in the middle of the scene says you know what this conceit is i'm done with this i don't want to be in this scene and then uh,
2: and then the most interesting part about that too was when he took his microphone off and left that interview, mm-hmm. then he was back in the car and could fly away. Which, like, so what was even happening in Vision's brain at that moment? Like,
1: right? Like every single time, it's almost like the writing can see in the office where they look like we're looking into people's heads, and in the show, they're like, "Yeah, it's actually in the people's
3: heads." Yeah, yeah. These these cutaway moments happen in a timey wimey fashion. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. It is interesting how The Office turned that into just a way of doing sitcoms. Like it went from, hey, the conceit of The Office, like with the original British show, was that this is a documentary about a, you know, British office and, you know, funny things will happen. And then The Office in America didn't really bother explaining it much more beyond that. And then through Parks and Rec and Modern Family, it just kind of became some sitcoms have interview segments and cutaways. And we're just not going (laughs) to talk about it any more than that.
1: There is another show I will be bringing up today that does that in a really good way. And what is that show? Uh, we can segue. Um so I've been getting into a few comedy series and the thing that I just took a full body dive into over the weekend is the What We Do in the Shadows TV show. Mm, nice. <sighs> nice. I need to
2: I need to watch that show. So, the movie was so The movie was the best vampire the masquerade movie ever made.
1: That it was so and good. That, so here's the thing about the show. The show hits those tropes much, much harder. It is very clear in the first episode that they know what LARPing is. They want us to see the in-show LARPers as almost like this joke of what LARPing is. And all the real characters are doing what real fucking LARPers do. (laughs) So... The very first episode is very much taking on the themes of the movie. And in that way, I wasn't very impressed. And then in the second movie, it was like a rocket launch. The the, oh, yes, the second episode. Thank you. <laughs> the speed of the jokes, the depth of the jokes. They went from intellectual, I mean, often body and sexual, but also very like cartoonish at one point a character's like oh my gosh i my garden i think a werewolf's been in here goes around opens a big case and takes out a weapon that looks like it was made um for a superhero it's like these are my werewolf traps and i'm (laughs) just fucking dying for so many moments but they do these cutaways where the cutaways occur within the normal time frame of the show. So other characters will interrupt cutaways and <laughs> things will occur in the background of cutaways that previously occurred in another scene <laughs> so that you realize you're getting another perspective of it. And at one point, when a vampire gets too hungry and kills one of the sound guys, they just don't have good sound for the rest of that scene. That's, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. So good.
0: That's amazing. so
1: great. It's freaking hilarious. The acting in it is fantastic. Uh, There is this uh, Latino actor playing um, this, what they call familiar, but they're basically ghouls, um, who's in it because he believes, he really needs to believe he's going to be a vampire one day. And he's just the greatest, most interesting, cool. like the shit he goes through is so much cooler than the vampires. And they really play with this, well, oh, if this is real, why not this kind of thing? And Wong from Doctor Strange comes in as a necromancer in season two. Oh, fabulous! And he is hilarious.
3: Nice. <laughs> it is a great show.
1: Highly recommend it.
3: <laughs> I have to actually watch that now. Dang it! I know. I keep I keep being like, oh, I'll
2: I'll watch it some at some point, and then not remembering where it's what channel it's on or how to watch it or any of those things.
1: I get it on Hulu. Hulu.
3: It's on Hulu? Yeah, oh. uh, cuz Hulu oh, It might also oh. be on NeatFlix, but mm-hmm. Yeah. On what? <laughs> NeatFlix. Oh, Netflix. oh see. Okay.
2: So, I see. Okay, it's not You know, when you
3: use your VST to use German YouTube, mm-hmm. NeatFlix <laughs> <And then umlaut. laughs> it was several umlauts, yes. Hey, it's still better than Nutflex. Anyway, uh, whoa! <laughs> You're right! <laughs> You're right, and
2: you should say it. <laughs>
3: uh, um, jerry yes. keep going.
1: One of the characters is um Colin Stevenson, he is the world's most boring looking man. And he is an energy vampire. And he can walk around in the daytime. Uh, he is not fully aware of all of his magical powers. And he consumes energy, even from vampires, by either frustrating them so much that they don't blow up at him, um, or boring people. Um, and <laughs> he, um, he works in a cubicle office where he's like, it's not really my work. I mean, certainly I need to get money to like pay my rent and stuff i consider it just an all-day-going buffet <laughs> oh my god the little mm-hmm. shit he does is so terrible uh, at one point the writers are like we don't really want him to be in this scene and so while walking he sees a sign he goes community theater of our town with a q a afterwards don't mind if i do <laughs> <laughs> lord <laughs> oh god it's so great. <laughs> um, yeah, the characters are freaking fantastic. Um, the characters from the movie come back, and they pull in a bunch of other actors who played vampires.
2: Um, I, I, yeah, I, I've seen the vampire council scene, which <laughs> is just incredible.
1: It it really is incredible, and they also make fun of interview with a vampire a lot more than the original did, which is very
0: good, good. good. So.
2: We shall have to fire up the Hulu subscription we haven't been using for some time. Uh,
1: <laughs> I yeah, I almost never. I mean, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, but... we used it. You used it for the Mass Singer, but the Mass Singer fell into the trap that all reality TV competitions eventually fall into. Of man, we've seen this before, and now they're doing two seasons a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just um, too much. So hmm. I have uh. Recently, this week, gotten myself a uh, Marvel Unlimited subscription because I missed comic books and I don't have any space in my house for more comic books. Right? Uh, not. <laughs> no, it's very true. Um, and uh, through that, I said, "Oh, I would love to read the city where uh, the series where Kate Pride becomes a pirate." That sounds great. Uh, it is great. It's fabulous. Mutant pirates is the best idea anyone's ever had. Uh, but then that led me into uh, the current crazy x-men crossover which may already be over in main comic continuity i think marvel unlimited ha- gets stuff like six months after its lives so, and so it's not finished for me yet but it is it's called x of swords and it is so weird and wonderful and so cool and such a deep like hey you want to go you want to go hard into mutant lore let's do it buddy um the uh i don't know if you guys are all up on what's been going on in X-Men since Jonathan Hickman took over all of the titles, oh. but uh, okay. So basically um, the X-Men have uh, actually not just the X-Men uh, mutants, pretty much all the mutants um, have created their own sovereign nation on the island of Krakoa, uh, which okay. is now a very nice and friendly Island and not trying to eat anyone anymore. Uh, it is a, a guardian of mutant kind. Um, and uh, it turns out said guardian of mutant kind uh, was actually an ancestral home for mutants once upon a time uh, and uh, was the original home of one apocalypse. Uh, so mm-hmm. they, they've taken over this Island uh. and uh, made it their, their ho- new nation um, because of the, um uh, because of the, uh, the some of the stuff that's growing on krakoa they found a way to make these life-saving medicines that they're basically uh sending out to the world as um uh primary medicine yeah if you want these these medicines you have to recognize krakoa as a nation and you have to recognize mutant sovereignty over that nation
1: uh that's what we like to call soft power
2: uh (laughs) uh-huh uh which has been working out great for them and uh they have several rules on the island One of them is Kill No Man, which I think just means, you know, don't kill anybody. Only kill Uh, mutants. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The, um, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes that I've seen clips of, uh, is from when they were coming up with the Three Rules, and one of the, the, they, they asked Nightcrawler, who's on their quiet council, what, uh, what the third rule should be and he gets this kind of smirk on his face and says make more mutants uh which has led to i don't know if you guys have seen this going around the internet uh they released a um uh a um like map of where everybody's living on krakoa and uh both wolverine and scott's rooms open into gene's room
1: uh, <laughs> oh I that, uh, you uh, we recognize your solved.
2: molecule. <laughs> yep. It does make sense. And the whole thing is interesting. They also have this really interesting and cool thing they've been doing with um uh they found they are combining several mutant powers. So there's like a mutant named Egg whose power is creating unfertilized eggs, and another mutant named uh, healer, I think, uh, whose power that's is least specific. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a weird power, but it's not the weirdest I've ever seen in X Men. Um, oh yeah, there have been the, way weirder. Uh, but anyway, there's five different X Men who combine their powers through a process. Um, with Hope Summers powering them up, uh, to be able to resurrect the dead. Uh, so anytime oh. a mutant Ooh. or an X Man dies, uh, they are resurrected on Krakoa. Uh, via what basically amounts to a a sort of mystical super powered cloning process, um, and uh, their uh, cerebro is all over the world now and is constantly backing up mutants like personalities and memories. So yeah, that if they die, bro, yeah. Uh, so if they die, they're just restored to the previous backup, um, uh, which ooh, sometimes means you lose a couple of days. Dogs.
1: Some societal problem. It
2: sure does. Um, but it's it's really interesting because they, you know, they did a time jump to set this up so they didn't have to explain everything. But they've gotten everybody on board. The uh the Quiet Council uh consists of uh, uh, you know, Xavier and Magneto, um, uh, Emma and Kate Pride, and uh, uh Emma Frost and Kate Pride, and um, uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, um, uh, Mystique, uh, Mr. Sinister, who has become an incredibly sassy bitch in his old life. Uh, oh, it's <laughs> fabulous. He's, he's, the, he's like the, the RuPaul of the X-Men now. Um, and, uh, of course, Apocalypse, who is now on their side because all he ever wanted was mutant supremacy. Uh, and this is exactly what he was looking for. So now Apocalypse is an ally, uh, which is all kinds of interesting. Uh-huh. But now leads into what all of this backup was just me leading you up into, which is the series that I'm reading now, which again is called X of Swords. Uh, welcome to Mike explains the X-Men while his friends go, "Okay, what?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, so it turns out that Krakoa is yes the ancient ancestral home of uh, mutant kind and all of that, uh, but it is also. Only half of the original ancient uh, central home of mutant kind, uh, because it was cut in half uh, to prevent basically a demonic invasion of the planet Earth. Um, And uh, Apocalypse was the one to stay behind and make sure Earth was defended while his... um, Uh, his wife and his children, the original four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, stayed behind on the demon infested world to try and hold the demon army off. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so after generations of waiting, um, and wanting to, you know, fix this now that Krakoa is finally in a place where everybody's okay, uh, apocalypse decided it's time and reopens a gate to the other world which is also uh the uh, place where avalon which is the source of captain britain's power and things like that live um it, it they immediately find out that if you die in this what's called other world you can't be resurrected
3: yep, so if you die uh, in the game you die in real life got it yep,
2: exactly uh so the the resurrection process doesn't work poor rock slide gets cut in half and uh Aww. i know uh and comes back he comes back but he comes back with no memory of who he is or uh, and a lot of other weird stuff going on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, the the portal gets opened. They find out all this horrible stuff is happening. It you know it was always a trap. Uh, and in in order to prevent the demon army from just waltzing in and trapezing over Earth and killing everybody, you mean they trapezing? Uh, yes, um, trapezing. they okay trapezing. Trapezing. What did I say?
3: Trapezing.
2: Oh. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to trapeze over the earth. <laughs>
3: da, 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 da,
2: da, da. Anyway, um, they challenge uh, Araka, which is the evil half of Kokoa, to a contest
3: of champions. Right, they fight Baraka, Mortal Kombat. Got yeah, it.
2: yeah. It, is, it is, in fact, Mortal Kombat, and I'm getting to that. This is my favorite part. Uh, <laughs> and so immediately, um, two of the... Uh, i think it's polaris and somebody else on the other side uh get smacked with a prophecy of 10 champions and 10 different mystical swords the champions must find in order to fight on each side uh wow. and so like some of them are uh you know things like captain britain's uh, sword of might uh or iliana's soul sword um Wolverine has to go to hell to find a swordsmith who's already died and is enslaved in hell. It's Muramasa to make him a Muramasa sword. Right. Um, The uh, uh, Storm... Yeah, Storm has to break into Wakanda and steal a mystical Wakandan sword from her ex-husband, which is all kinds of awkward. Uh, Doug, um, Doug from the New Mutants, is chosen, and Warlock is his sword. So his robot friend is is his sword. Uh, but then they actually get into the contest and it gets even more interesting because it's not just sword fights. Like the first one is a sword fight and then it starts breaking down and gets really weird. And there's things like arm wrestling contests and a fashion runway show oh, and ooh. like an eating contest. And it's it's bizarre and so much fun and so weird. Uh, Mr. Center sounds... tries to lead a... Uh, uh team behind enemy lines to steal the enemy swords and ends up getting so lost that he can't he doesn't even find where he's supposed to go until after the tournament has begun
3: uh it sounds very uh, anime and i'm for it
2: yeah it's extremely anime and it's like uh and it's such a like they do so many cool ways of playing with time at one point um the woman who's hosting all this um Logan decides that she's you know if she's taken out then the contest won't have to happen and nobody has to die so he's Wolverine he just stands up and stabs her to the chest and then the comic continues on through um uh you know her death meaning the contest is void the demon army invades they destroy Krakoa the avengers and the fantastic four show up to help and are killed everybody oh. dies except wolverine uh the earth is turned into a blasted hellscape and then wolverine wakes up from the vision that he got instead of stabbing her because she showed him what would happen if he killed her
3: right
1: whoa <laughs> yeah it's it's awesome that is good <laughs>
3: <laughs> sounds like anyway really comics are great
1: to how complex the marvel uh, x-men storyline
3: yeah is. it's mm-hmm. really
1: it really really is and then when i
2: caught up on that i started reading dr afra which is just fabulous
1: dr afra so is good.
2: an amazing comic line it is it's really really good uh i, I assume everyone listening to this podcast uh, knows about dr afra but if you don't uh imagine a uh a female indiana jones in the star wars universe uh accompanied by a very angry Wookiee and evil versions uh evil assassin droid versions of r2d2 and c3po uh trapezing ag- uh, around the galaxy trying to hide Trafing. from darth vader traipsing traipsing around the galaxy <laughs> trying to hide from darth vader and uh try- i'm gonna call this episode trapezing <laughs> um, try- i was
1: about to say yeah um, and,
2: uh, uh and stealing artifacts uh, from, you know, ancient cultures or stuff and selling them to the highest bidder because she's not a very good person.
1: No, They really had her play evil Indiana Jones. Like, if Indiana Jones worked for the Nazis, and it, it's really, it knows what it is.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Evil evil C-3PO and evil R2-D2 are fabulous. They're just such wonderful characters. I, I hope somebody makes a live-action mm-hmm. version of it mm-hmm. so Anthony Daniels can just play evil C-3PO because oh God, I can imagine so him murderous. having way too much fun with that.
3: <laughs>
2: at one point in the comic I was just reading, uh, Aphra tells him to torture somebody and then takes it back at the last second. And he's like, Master, are you torture teasing me? I don't appreciate that.
1: Torture teasing?
2: <laughs> torture teasing.
1: Sounds like he's into
2: that, though.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: He is. Um, they, the murder droids that the Empire gets way more murdery.
3: Yeah. Nice. Uh, Alright,
2: so yeah, that's been my wonderful comics of this week. Um what about you folks?
3: Hey Mei Ling. You that? wanna talk about that Mars rover?
0: Hey well, yeah. so exciting. Um so Percy landed safely on the planet and like the footage that they re- released of like the actual view of the rover, like landing on the planet, was just incredible. Like it honestly blows my mind that we get that clear of of footage. You know, um, it's it's just absolutely incredible. And right now, ingenuity, the helicopter, it's charging its batteries to to uh, make sure that it can it can work, and everything's just really exciting. Someone is going
2: to fly a drone on another planet on a delay. That is the most nerve
1: wrecking thing I can think of. Mm -hmm. Considering what happened last time, this is even more double a success. It must have been so relieving. Last time? 2012.
0: Oh, Curiosity went fine. Curiosity. Are you thinking of the
2: what am I thinking of. You're thinking of the one that the uh, um the measurements were sca- messed up and it crashed into the planet. Yeah. That's that was like
0: 9. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, that was it seem like last year. And um I talk about that every freaking year in my science classes cuz I'm like, guys, units are important. Don't cost your nation billions of dollars because yeah. You didn't um, do metric.
3: Also, um, Don't accidentally kill your pilots because you did the math wrong on it. i still just remember that one space shuttle program where they did like all of their all of their math was off just enough so that the ship went up and then immediately ran out of fuel and fell back through the atmosphere and smashed on the ground. And oh,
1: my God. I don't remember that. Yeah, one. that one's not Challenger. That one's another one.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, honestly, the amount of math and everything that goes into these space missions is freaking incredible that we can yeah. even do this. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's still. Mm, um,.
3: I just remember that that little factoid about the like the original NASA space suits had to be hand sewn shut by like uh-huh. little old ladies because they were the only ones who could consistently get the tolerances right. Mm-hmm. They couldn't use the machines; exactly. they had to use little old ladies who could sew. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, it's actually like that's such an interesting story because like the components in the computers too were uh, woven. <laughs> Excuse me. Were sure. woven by knitters because they understood like coils and threads and they could, they had the dexterity to be that fine, mm. which is just freaking incredible, honestly, mm. if you yeah. think about it.
1: So, what but, kind of new stuff are we getting from uh, Percy?
0: Well, so Percy's main mission is to look for life
3: Party and have a good <laughs> yeah. time.
0: Totally, totally, with curios- curiosity. Curiosity is like, yay, a friend. Um, <laughs> Finally, I'm not alone. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> so sad.
1: Someone gave me the language thing to talk to the Arab Emirates um, or the Saudi Arabian uh, robot.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah, so this this uh, it, it's the Emirates, um, yeah. uh-huh. United Arab Emirates uh, sent an orbiter um so they were the first ones to arrive and then perseverance was the second one to arrive and successfully landed and then the chinese this is china oh man poor china they've tried three separate times to um reach mars and the first time they They went with the russians and well that didn't work and then um the second time they tried to send their own spacecraft and it failed and then this is their third attempt and they really hope that it's it's their first successful um orbit at least Mm -hmm. and then there's a lander and a rover in uh tianwen one so hopefully for them they can finally join well technically they are part of the mars explorer club um which is only five nations actually which is kind of incredible um so it's the u.s the russians in two forms and um the european union india India oh, made it before China did so I'm sure oh, they okay. yeah awkward rough because they're in their
1: own uh, uh, scientific struggle right now India India and China are competing against each other for
0: which totally makes sense because like India actually like got their stuff together and they put a satellite up around Mars and everyone was like oh my god what <laughs> Um, and they did it for very cheap, too. So it kind of sucks
2: that we have like instead of having like a Starfleet thing, we have all of these like nations sort of even in the spirit of cooperation, kind of competing with one another, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah but at the same time, um there is a lot of sharing, and like the u s has kind of dominated um mars and i i think that's kind of just like a a major push because we actually put a lot of funding into the early space programs Mm -hmm. um and honestly if you guys have not read hidden figures you need to it is so flipping good um but i saw
2: the movie do i really need to read the book yes you do
0: because the book is a lot better and they include all the women not just three of them Anyways. Um, Yeah, I, I found out that there was like some pretty significant women who were left out of Hollywood because Hollywood wanted to keep it tight and i'm like oh. Oh,
3: okay, god cool. damn okay uh.
0: awesome uh How so celebrate your
1: uh, fight against uh, bigotry if we don't also exhibit the bigotry
3: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> exactly exactly we so... really
3: want to keep it to just three people because we're pretty sure the general public can remember three people but if we make it like so many oh, they're god. just
2: yeah that was like <laughs> i was reading a thing today um do you guys remember the um mortal the movie with the big moving cities mortal Mortal instruments is that mortal instruments no mortal Mortal instruments wait mortal engines that's it yeah mortal instruments (laughs) is the is the vampire one okay or whatever um the uh uh, someone's gonna get in the comments and tell me i'm wrong about that because i am anyway uh the um, email us (laughs) please we would love to hear from you um anywho the uh um Mortal Engines: The main character in the book, the main female lead, um, was uh, really badly injured in a, uh, a you know accident as a young woman or as a child, and she's described in the book as having almost like a Two Face look, like she's missing an eye. She's got this huge scar going down part of her face, or maybe more Phantom of the Opera than Two Face. Um, and uh, in the movie, they put like this little bitty little, little scar on her face. And when they were asked about that, Peter Jackson and the woman who directed the film basically justified it with, well, we wanted people to believe the male lead to fall in love with her.
1: Whoa. Yeah. What the... <laughs> oh, that is what?
0: no, like no. Ready player yeah. One. no, Man. no. Yeah, no, F-dub. you
3: don't you don't get that shit in like chinese cinema In chinese cinema when they're like oh this female character has like a huge deformity like a, a scar that she wears a mask to cover when the mask comes off she's actually properly really scarred up on that side yeah <laughs> and then they still have the super honka honka come up and like touch that part of the face super tenderly and you can see in his eyes that he's like I would have kissed you forever ago, and I'm gonna kiss you right now. You no. best believe. Oh God! It was
2: like, does anybody mind if I spoil Critical Role a little bit on here? No, oh, no, go ahead. No, Rowan, are go. you caught up? I don't watch it, and I'm not
3: going to. Oh, I it's thought too you long. did.
2: Never mind. I'm sorry. I yeah. was thinking of somebody else. Um, right. So they had a, one of the characters in the show is not uh, who is a goblin, except she wasn't always a goblin. She used to be a halfling. There was a curse placed upon her, and her family thinks she's dead. That's the very short version um uh like part of the way through the ca- this campaign they're on they find out that her husband was kidnapped and is now in uh basically deeply in enemy territory um and so they obviously go to rescue her they have this whole scene where the gangs like getting not uh all set up to go and talk to him and like you know this, he thought she was killed by goblins and now she is a goblin and how is he going to react and it's just this really beautiful scene because he's like he's like you know I would I would love you no matter what and you know it's it's still you it doesn't matter what you look like and I just it, it I cried oh, it was great that's very
1: good not <laughs> that this is the point but also can we defeat this thing that scars are not attractive yes what the fuck yeah why why would someone being physically unique be unattractive that's <laughs> what protagonists look like. <laughs>
3: Uh, and and it's, it's almost uniquely a problem that we have with uh, female characters who have scars, because male mm-hmm. characters yes. who have scars are rugged and manly and oh wow, so cool. But when it's a
0: woman, tell me the to... story of how you got this wound. You know. Yeah and
3: of course my brain goes to the least representative example you want to know how i got these scars (laughs) what you don't think the joker is a sex symbol please don't think the joker is a sex
1: symbol yeah nobody think the joker is a sex symbol my god unfortunately a lot of people think the joker is a sex symbol which is bizarre i know those people need
3: therapy but it's okay so much therapy Everybody needs therapy. Even therapists. <laughs> Everybody needs a therapy for the pillow. <laughs> Did we want to talk any more about what's cool
1: about Mars? Because I heard something just came out yesterday.
0: Tell tell us. Tell sure. us the Sound
1: of Mars was. Oh, that's right. Outwards.
0: Oh yeah. Okay, it I couldn't hear it. I tried it on many different things, and I'm wondering if like my ears are effed up.
2: I, I it's not much. It I mean, I just heard working. a like I, I just heard like a, you know, like a
1: uh, like it's kind of like a low whistle sound of wind or something. Yeah, that's what I heard. I had to put it through something that magnified the sound.
0: Mm hmm.
3: So yeah, now we have the soundscape of Mars for all of those and, really uh,
2: amazing panoramic shot that came out today. Oh my god, Although it was so gorgeous. The coolest one uh, by far was the uh, the one that came out um, two days ago, three days ago, of the actual footage of the lander landing on Mars. Yeah, uh, that, that, oh, that yeah, was exactly amazing. talked
0: about that, yeah.
2: Oh, sorry. Uh.
0: <laughs> Sorry. it's didn't mean to be like, no, I um, okay.
2: already talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> it was all cool. But
0: no, there's like a lot of cool stuff. And um, if you guys check out my uh, Facebook feed on Office Hours with ML, I created an interactive timeline of the 50, 50 plus years of Mars exploration, um, which is. It's dope. We should have pretty... in the doobly doo. Yes, which is pretty amazing that it's 50-plus years. Actually, it's cl- it's 60 years now, because uh, the Soviet Union tr- first tried in 1960. So we've been trying to go to Mars pretty much as long as we've been trying to go to the moon, which is incredible. But, yeah.
1: And it makes sense why we would. It probably is the most stable um, sort of uh, body. Well, and it's also the read. closest you know yeah exactly so,
0: yeah and it's not a gas planet that's gonna kill us
2: yeah Venus. And, we're and we're not gonna you, let you Venus. fucking capitalize it musk yeah,
1: yeah seriously it's not happening we're also and not that it has anything to do with mars but just stop trying to recreate the company town People, companies yeah. are not seriously. governments knock that off yeah
2: knock that off right now uh, but that um, is kind of what he wants to do on Mars, which is why it annoys me so much. It's like, oh, we'll can. just, you know, people can c- come and if they can't pay their way, they can just work it off. No, no, we're not doing that.
0: Faction. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. They expanse, basically. Pretty much.
1: I mean, yeah, the belter as yeah. I mean, actually, I think that might be why Mars is independent. Um Yeah, they had a, like a war for that, I think. Yeah.
2: They got there, the they built the
3: stuff, they realized it sucked and that they should own it. And then they did something about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If, I mean, I guess I, I don't mind having a glorious proletariat revolution on Elon Musk's Mars, but I would well, prefer not to Musk have the Elon not? Musk Wait. part. Yeah. What? Right. Let's Wait. just do it now.
3: But what right. better planet for it to happen on? It's the red planet. Uh... <laughs> we can
1: make this planet red, too.
3: <laughs> um, that wasn't a violence mm, thing. Uh, Don't make it. It, a d- it did
1: thing. sound like
2: a violence thing, though, so I'm glad you clarified. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was speaking more politically. Um, I do have one more show to talk about. Yes, okay. talk away. There has been a show on sci fi that oh, yes. has blown my ever loving mind because of the way that it works so smoothly. And it's called Resident Alien. And Alan Tudyk plays the role that was made for him in this. And the thing that I truly love, the thing that gets me, is in the first episode, this is a minor spoiler, you think, wow, is this character just a vehicle by which they can get Alan Tudyk to be a dick? I don't know if that's exactly why I want to watch. And then in the end, they're like, no, the alien's actually an anti-villain. You're supposed to not like him. He's going to just try and destroy all humans. Anyway, he's your most sympathetic character. Move forward. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, not no. Most sympathetic, not most sympathetic, primary sympathetic character. Like, uh-huh. And, like, he gets into this incredible conflict with a nine year old boy who knows he's an alien, and this alien cannot ever get best this boy. <laughs> um, he tries to kill this so It's kind boy of invaders three. him that way it, yes he tries to kill this boy three different times at one point he goes to his house and cuts his bike's brake but because he is the town's doctor they then take him to go see him and he has to have his failure rubbed in by this boy while he's like <laughs> taking a look at his leg it's freaking hilarious the um, thing is,
0: Alan Tudyk is just amazing at those types of parts, because I can actually just see his face during that yes. scene. Like, <laughs> never having seen the show, I can see what he's probably doing as this boy is just like, sucks to be you, doesn't it?
2: I have wanted to watch this show so bad, and I, I keep forgetting to, and it's the first two episodes are free on, who, on YouTube. I should really just do it.
1: All of the episodes are free on the sci-fi channel website. Ooh. Uh, but so I can't watch the
2: website it. in bed. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you yeah, have a phone. You got to
1: use a, a book for, uh, what do you call it? A laptop for that or something. Um, <laughs> you got to use a book to watch a TV show. Yeah, that's right. You know, what are those computer books? Um, yeah, so something cool about this is they use him to make very like darkly humorous and sarcastic comments about race in that he has no idea that any of the things that he is looking at would be weird for instance the mayor of the town is a very um uh social justice conscious white millennial a sheriff is a uh gen x um walker texas ranger like um sheriff who is a black man who is trying to hit this no i am a red state sheriff in every possible way and they are incredible comedic duo and the alien has no idea why any <laughs> of this would be funny he also not half but a good cross-section of the characters in the show are native american and when his native american friend brings him to the reservation to give medical help to her aunt um, he like. Um, is very careful about consent when he describes what he's about to do and he asks is would it be more comfortable can i do this and she's like sure i've never met a white man i couldn't trust and he gives no reaction because he has no idea <laughs> that's why excellent. that would be funny and then when they're driving home the music she and her uncle put on with this alien looking white guy in the back is reservation rap and it's great oh that's awesome the whole show is fantastic um and also very very sweet very sweet despite the child attempted child murder (laughs) yeah oh my god the are am i supposed to root for this character he has this funny thing where he finds the some the kid investigating him in his house and they're not moving and he reaches down to check their pulse and goes oh no Still alive, <laughs> now, yes, take care of him it's so cute. Yeah, and
0: I can it's totally good. see Alan Tudyk doing every single one of these scenes.
1: Yeah, there's so many great things. He talks down to the humans, he keeps telling himself, How I'm a scientist, how hard could it be? to be a doctor for these humans it's like being a veterinarian i'll just do five minutes of research on my phone to look up what i need to do to do a circumcision. and then he drops the phone because he saw pictures <laughs> <laughs> like every single time he goes to the phone he finds something else about the human body that he can't stand <laughs> Love it. it's very good um yeah so yeah uh, good comedy for me recently um, which mm. has been necessary because while yeah. my computer is dead my phone also stopped being a phone so i've been rather stressed
2: Aww. oh lord
1: why did how did your phone like it won't make calls anymore the part of the phone now this is a one-year-old phone that i'm pretty sure best buy just refurbished and sold to me um mm-hmm. that connects with the sim card is no longer functioning. I was hoping it was just the SIM card, and I did a week worth of biking back and forth to an AT&T store. And in the end, I finally convinced my dad to move forward on his plan to switch to Verizon, and I got a new phone out of the deal. So that should be arriving God. in a weeks. Yeah. Until that no time, kidding. It's hard to call me.
2: it's <laughs> yeah. kind of everything you need uh, for all of your jobs.
0: Well, it's kind of right there
1: my phones for my job using it uh, uses an application that only uses the wi-fi and by that like mere definition this has not disrupted my work at all
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that's good that's really good yeah but it's yeah just, it's it really
3: you know. sucks when mercury goes to gatorade and it just pours it all over your <laughs> tech
0: I'm <not>
1: super into <laughs> mercury uh, goes to gatorade <gasps> oh that's amazing. I'm super use into that. astrology, but every time I tell this to one of my witchy or friends, they're like, Oh yeah, Mercury retrograde. That's what's going on. And I'm like, oh, it's,
3: it's not like, my it you know,
1: <laughs> is Mercury just permanently in
2: retrograde for you then? Like it just happens I a lot.
1: So good at destroying machines around me accidentally. It's because you're a wizard. I am a wizard.
3: You're, yeah, you've got them gremlins. <sighs> gremlins in my phone gremlins in my computer looking Certainly like a fool there. with your
1: gremlins in your fo- sorry oh no <laughs> uh, it's not like i've run it into the dirt over 10 years of playing video games that are well beyond its design capabilities
3: <laughs> no, how's
1: pro- cyberpunk running on it <laughs> right now? not at all yeah <laughs> oh man but when i get back into it and i finish uh the cyberpunk storyline i am surely going to talk about it here because i have so much stuff i haven't gotten into about what cyberpunk does right or i
2: am wrong. very very interested to hear a trans person's take on that game because
1: it's bizarre how complex it is i can't even be like they fucked everything up no they did a lot of stuff right they also did a lot of stuff wrong not going to go into it until i finish the story
3: and honestly, it's, it's, it's probably just as well that like, even in spite of all of the massive inconvenience of having your computer do a Bork, um, it's probably just as well that like you have some enforced time away from the game, because by the time you get back to it with your new computer, they'll have theoretically patched some more stuff. Yeah, that's true. They were supposed to put a patch out
1: this month that never came out yet. I Oh
3: boy. I'm Yeah.
1: It's It's also
2: been just been interesting to see how the pandemic has affected game development that way. Like, you know, we had a delay of release. Avengers was supposed to have like three more DLC characters than it does right now. It's it's fascinating, Um, especially because, you know, players are not being I guess that's not fascinating that they're not being patient. They're just never patient anyway.
1: Well, I mean, now that more people have more time to play games. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I mean, here's here's the thing with reporting bias. The people who say something online are always the people who feel most strongly about it. The -hmm. people who get violently upset about the game not being perfect because they needed a distraction from how much they hate themselves and hating on this thing instead is almost as good they're always going to come out and talk a lot more and a lot more loudly than the people who played the game and were like, "Yeah, it's a pretty good game. Yep. (laughs) That's uh,
2: actually something that I tried to explain to our player base the other day and uh, got interpreted as, we don't care about you, which is not
1: what I meant at all. I am so sick of that fucking defense. This idea (laughs) that the property makers didn't do exactly what I wanted them to do specifically therefore that it would be equal unto them uh saying something very bigoted to a group i'm not a part of and therefore the emotional not caring about your players must be the same and yep
2: <laughs> we yeah the 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 most annoying thing about the relationship between game developers and the people who make games is that uh the most oh right the people who play games not people who make games uh,
3: that's <laughs> the same people
2: uh um is that probably the, problem with the know, relationship between people, people
3: who make games and people who make games I mean, go ahead
2: <laughs> um the uh you know developers actually do care deeply about what the players want we're all people who desperately want feedback on the things we've done and we want people to enjoy the art we've created
3: it's the whole uh, reason they made a game in the first place
2: yes but. Could be yeah, doing the whole thing. relationship has gotten weird, very weird. It's and toxic. and yeah,
1: yeah. Um, i I am looking forward to really getting into some of the positive things that are kind of hard to talk about without
2: spoiling the story.
1: and also not knowing everything because one of the things I learned is that the way that the explorative way I play, where I just go into role-playing parts of the game because i really want to see it really Mm -hmm. changes what other events that would have happened anyway means so yeah i don't know that i'm going to be able to say something that will be all that accurate if i don't also see what the end game looks like yeah well i've heard the game has
2: wildly different endings depending on who where you know what happens and who you talk to and
1: make sure that i get the exact ending i wanted all along (laughs) um but yeah much of that is if you're interested in doing more plot where you um want to hang out with computer mandated best friend keanu reeves uh you will get that cool ending because all of his storylines uh pad out that possibility Mm
2: excellent excellent Just, you know, uh, the developers have asked you to please stop making mods where you can fuck Keanu
1: Reeves. (laughs) That is so annoying that people are doing that. I swear to God, I'm not sure why people don't get this. Keanu Reeves is a real person. He isn't Dean Grey. He isn't the Pillsbury Doughboy. It's kind of a Also,
2: please don't fuck the Pillsbury Pillsbury Doughboy. Mostly because I don't want want a picture. I don't
1: need to look at it, but... You're not real people who won't be able to see that and be hurt. Keanu Reeves is a real person.
3: Keanu um, Reeves did not consent to have sex with you. Please do not force Keanu Reeves to have sex with you. Uh, also- this is
2: going to become a bigger thing as the world, you know, goes yeah. on because, you know, with deepfakes and I mean, deepfake porn uh, already exists. That's what deepfakes were originally used for. Uh, and like, yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot more um, people uh, being used for more sexual things with their image than they agree to, I think. Which is different than being, yeah, it's different but no less wrong and very strange.
1: Yeah. (sighs) sense important,
3: always. Yes. And it will be a better world once we get to the point where we're actually like enforcing consent.
2: Yes. Yes. And it'll be an even better world when people are just educated, understand that they need to have consent and it isn't something you have to enforce. But yes, we have to
3: enforce it first. (laughs) Well, I mean, there will, unfortunately, there will always be people who either don't get it or people who choose not to get it for their own reasons. So there always has to be enforcement. Because, of course, the reasonable people will get it, and the people who need a little bit of help can be guided to away from the bad stuff and towards the good stuff. But the people so, who never gave a shit in the first place about doing the right thing have to be prevented from doing harm. So it's interesting because I actually
2: think Uh, And this is maybe a longer discussion, but I actually think we can get to a point where there aren't those people anymore, because I think those people exist not because some people are inherently bad, but because there is not people are not taught both in schools and just in the culture that we're grown up in how to be emotionally intelligent people and how to deal with their own emotions in a way that, uh, you know, that's healthy and keeps other people from getting hurt. Um, mm-hmm. and I think once you get to that point, a lot of that stuff of what we think of, of, you know, human nature and people will always be bad, will start to resolve itself.
3: For me, I it's not like a, There are a right, lot of
1: questions ahead. we don't know in order to be able to answer this, because a big part of it is what is the nature of evil, misconduct, abuse, those sorts of things, and those are currently not objectively answerable questions.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the framework that I work from at this point is not, it's not that humankind is inherently good or evil. A human will always do the best that they can with the resources and understanding that they've got. And that doesn't look the same for everybody. It looks similar for a lot of people, but not everyone has the same resources to start with. And so where they end up ends up being very different. In terms yeah. of what, in terms of what strategies they think will work based on their experience,
2: right? Um, and I'm not saying you can normalize everybody's experience, uh, and I don't think yeah. you should. But no, I, you should because yeah, that'd be bad. Uh, but I am saying I think you can normalize teaching a teaching of empathy to us to enough of a point where this sort of thing no longer is that sort of thing no longer is an issue. Yeah.
1: That would be really good yeah something they're
2: to working work towards. they're yeah. working on it there's there's schools that are working on there's a lot of research into emotional intelligence right now and its effect on bullying in schools and how Which you know great teaching kids how to how to manage actually just eradicates uh bullying pretty good yeah and the i thing that we were told would never go away and was Life and growing up uh, it seems to go away when you teach kids to not be jerks.
3: Yeah, which is pretty cool. Remember my rant last week where I was talking about fixed mindset, growth mindset? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I did some, I did a little bit of looking around on the internet because I was like, okay, so there must be some kind of relationship between growth mindset, fixed mindset, and like locus of control. Because like internal locus of control, you basically believe that you are able to affect your world. You can make a difference based on your actions external locus of control is i can't affect anything the world affects me i uh,
1: this is the question you asked on facebook
3: yes so i was like okay if you can start at a fixed mindset but then move to a growth mindset does having a growth mindset also affect locus of control because you would kind of have to think that it would because if your actions can result in you going from a point where you can't do a thing to you can do a thing like that's, that is the definition of empowering that should make you feel like you can actually change things, significant things, important things. And there is research as of last year, at least a little bit to support that. Like generally speaking, uh, there are interventions that can be done on at least college students whereby if they started with a fixed mindset, they can be moved to a growth mindset and then their mental health improves and their grades improve. And just, (sighs) I'm really glad to be going into the field that I'm going into.
2: Yes, thank you for going into the field that you're going into.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> With that, should we talk about things we're looking forward to or other stuff that well, we like,
0: yeah. I watched a movie this week that? Oh, it yeah, wasn't you want to go into that? Great, but it, it wasn't, wasn't
2: good. Bad.
0: It wasn't okay. Anthony but was Mackie was right? awesome. Anthony yes. Mackie was amazing in it,
2: but um, basically, what it was—it's was, called, it, called Beyond the Wire. It's on Netflix.
0: Yeah, it—it it was a definitely an anti-war movie
2: which Mm -hmm. except also a pro-war movie
0: i don't think it was a pro-war movie at all maybe
2: maybe a pro-military movie but anti-war Yeah,
0: it it was anti-war but yeah i would say that they were because usually like an anti-war movie is like the u.s military is is not portrayed in any sense of a good light.
2: Yeah, and in this this one, they went from the beginning of the movie as the bad guys to, oops, we're heroes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was still weird, but anyways, um, so Anthony Mackie is... Spoilers. Uh, he's the latest technology in robotics, where basically he looks like a man and thinks like a man, but he's really a robot. And... Love it. He goes rogue. So, okay, just to to sort of Uh,
2: context this, uh, the whole movie, you're not entirely sure (laughs) he's going rogue. They're on a mission to, he and the drone pilot, who is the main character, are on a mission to hunt down a dangerous terrorist, or maybe they're not, or maybe they are. Uh, And it's one of those things where it goes back and forth, and it's meant to be this twisty, confusing story but it doesn't have the payoff that twisty confusing stories need to be mm. you know good uh it just has the yeah. twisty, confusingness um yeah it it ends up being a story and this is and i'm gonna spoil it because you guys shouldn't watch it it's not a good movie um but, but it uh yeah. it it ends up being a story about how um anthony mackie is uh convinced that War, like the war that created him, is bad, and like war is bad, and they shouldn't make more people like him because uh, if they make robot soldiers, then n- war will never end because lives don't need to be threatened anymore. So, um, so then I mean,
0: his idea is to nuke the United States.
2: That will solve all the problems because that nuking will so- the United States that yeah. will make them think he's gone so rogue that they they won't ever build anyone like him again.
3: Huh. yeah,
1: it's it's weird,
2: and it's
3: like you don't often
1: see a movie that ends with so why not terrorism?
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean the main character stops him, and the main character who was a like sort of scared cat the whole movie suddenly becomes a gun-toting badass just so he can stop Anthony Mackie's character. Uh, and yeah, it's just
0: definitely it was definitely a victim of having too many grand ideas because like i actually love the idea of a robot that was built to destroy but learning to love so much that (laughs) he can't live with the fact that he's meant to destroy and so then he wants to end his creator you know what i mean like that's kind of an interesting story. That yeah, that I
2: feel re- like uh, there's someone who wrote something like that at one point. I think her name was Mary Shelley. <laughs> okay.
1: okay, hold on. He did not love it. <laughs> well, yeah, he actually, he wanted love. He
0: wanted, he wanted love, love, but also, here, also, the monster was not a robot. Um, it was. Uh, What what are robots but Frank
2: modern Frankenstein analogs? I
1: I will point out the original robot was a lot more like Frankenstein than a robot as we normally think about it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. But um So yeah, and like the idea too was that the main character was a drone pilot so he was detached from war and you know didn't understand what the war was like really doing and like how it affected people and so like he gets sent to this war zone which is supposed to be in the future but i was like this is just the bosnian uh kosovo crisis <laughs> like,
3: yeah, and,
0: yeah. And it, it it was just trying to have like a sci-fi element
3: mm-hmm.
0: wrapped in a war movie and then it was just not like their message just really wasn't clear Um,
2: they they, there was a lot of way like we ended up talking about the movie for like an hour afterwards because we were like here's so many different ways you could have taken this movie that would have been more interesting and better than what they ended up with um uh but you know um it's one of those you know you see these it's the kind of movie that in the days before netflix you would have grabbed off of a the shelf at blockbuster because the cover looked cool and gone well i wish i'd watched something else tonight but you know i I only have the one movie that i brought home from blockbuster so i can't watch anything else (laughs) whereas Um, nowadays you don't have that you don't have that problem so watch something else go watch almost human again for more of the same themes but done more. Like Deus
1: Ex Machina, or uh, no? Yes? yes, the movie. I wanted to watch uh, E.T. We have a perfectly good no, ex- Mac it- and me at home.
0: <laughs> ex Machina, you're right, babe. Machina, sorry, I was like yeah. Deus Ex Machina is the device. Um, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, kind of disappointing we used our one movie night to watch it and we were just kind of like why do we watch the whole thing like we <laughs> have a <laughs> we, we, we watched
2: were waiting the whole thing because be we kept expecting right well the way it's set up you expect a twist coming and you expect the twist to be something more than it was
0: than it was yeah it mm-hmm. just yeah so um yeah that's that's that but yeah.
2: um was that your yeah. thing for the week, or do you have another thing you want from this week?
0: Ah, uh, that we like did this week.
2: It, yeah, you know that you did this week that you were excited about the way we end the show. You know the uh, show we've been doing again for five or six weeks. Hey, now? you know what?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, mostly I was just really jazzed at the rover landing, and it's always so cute to see a room full of engineers and nerds like getting just so lose excited. Their minds. Like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. The, the tension in the room was kind of like intense. And the best part was um, one of the lead engineers, he was kind of doing like talking head stuff. But he was like, legit shaking he was so nervous mm-hmm. and then you could also hear him come over the the thing of yes yes okay uh-huh yeah <laughs> 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 it's so
3: because he, wonderful. Like, oh he man looks- i do that <laughs>
0: yeah he just kind of looked like someone's granddad who was you know kind of like he was he was percy's granddad yeah (laughs) it was it was really really sweet and also i really really appreciated um that the face of the perseverance landing was an indian woman Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. a woman and a woman of color which is amazing and there was so many it was a much more diverse room than even curiosity uh, sorry curiosity <laughs> curiosity is a zoo we
2: go to that's why Mailing and I have both kept saying that yeah. all night it's the, like one of the only open socially distant zoos we can take our daughter to
0: which is fantastic so, yes and and they also just opened this week so that was very exciting <laughs> we went three times <laughs> <laughs> worth it awesome. worth it every time yeah um so yeah that's that's me disappointing uh, movie exciting scientific achievement space
2: um well i will as always uh tell you all about the game i was playing while i was recording this podcast uh it is of course uh for the second week in a row marvel's avengers uh i have now beaten the main campaign the main campaign is amazing uh if you didn't want to buy this game because of all of the like extra stuff that comes with it of like you know it being a multiplayer and it being kind of a games of service and uh, all of that jazz that I understand. Um, go ahead and wait for it to go on sale, but then buy it for the the campaign because the campaign is fabulous, just incredibly well done. A really good Avengers story. It gets all the characters perfectly. Kamala is just absolute perfection uh and now i'm into the dlc and i've unlocked the first dlc character who i'm playing as right now uh who is kate bishop and is Ooh. fabulous uh she stole Ames' teleportation technology so i am teleporting all over the map shooting explosive arrows at people and bashing them with a katana that i have for some reason
3: yep oh. sounds like warframe <laughs> <laughs> uh, warframe but less grindy awesome warframe but
2: with a with an intelligible story I, mean, um, yeah. <laughs> I know i know
1: i'm sorry <laughs> Robin, i mean you're going next
3: okay sure um so i uh, i am struggling with my classes uh doing my last uh bit of my capstone work which i have a lot of in this the very last week uh which is not great and it has Added quite a bit of stress, but in the meantime what i've been doing to try and take my mind off of that stress is that one night I just watched an incredibly large number of andrew huang videos on youtube Uh, Andrew huang is a canadian uh, music producer who puts out uh, pretty funny and engaging uh, videos on Just like how you can get into music production what some uh good programs and good hardware are um, I watched a really stupid video by him where he talked about his process for coming out with a song called sparkle mountain uh, where okay. basically he admitted at various points that like while he was making the song, he kept going back and forth between feeling like this was the coolest or else the stupidest thing he had ever created. Um, And it has, <laughs> it has a music video, which is extremely trippy uh but it was it's it's a cool song anyway from there i i got into watching first his video about how he set up his in his studio he has a modular synthesizer that looks like it is the entire wall of a spaceship
2: no nice
3: (laughs) i approve what a synthesizer is yeah but no this it's it's big it is big um and so there's a there's a video where he actually yeah where he actually talks about like what is a synthesizer how do you do it how Uh, do you synthesize yeah and showed off the synthesizer a little bit of what you could do with it which include which included stuff like oh, I can take some plugs and have this thing manage this thing. But then I can also have this thing manage another thing and plugs one plug into the plug that's already plugged in and then the other end into something else. And I was like, (laughs) "Wow!" Your entire mind was blown. It did explode. Um, And, you know, watched all of that stuff. And he was like, you know, obviously modular synth on this level is something that you only do if you want to live in a spaceship. I wouldn't personally recommend it. What you're looking at is more expensive than my car. Uh, if you want to get, in, <laughs> if you want to get into it cheaply, and then he had another video with a bunch of like little things and demoing how they work together, and then he introduced a software called Phase Plant which is way more affordable and lets you do it digitally, basically. From the... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Which is, just, that's, you know, synthesizers are pretty much digital anyway, so... Well, yes and no, because, like, the hardware is literally just, here is a thing with some knobs and some outputs. Uh, electricity go through the thing, you can make electricity go faster or slower. Electricity if you, go burr yes if you make the (laughs) electricity go burr enough it starts making sound uh which is that like audible sine wave etc sound uh if you make it go slow it can add like a to another sound it can add modulation it can like add a beat uh all kinds of cool stuff so that you know, if so, if you have phase plant, you can digitally create your own instruments using the same principles as you would if you had a piece of hardware to do modular synthesis with. Uh, so I was very excited about all of that. That stuff. is awesome. Yeah. Um otherwise uh i kept struggling with myself about which thing i would convince stephanie i definitely should have as a reward for doing so well this term uh and one of them was the lumi keyboard which is a tiny small keyboard uh very petite and cute that you can use as a midi controller with your daw the keys light up you can have it light up specific keys if you're uh trying to compose in a specific scale and uh it has Per key modulation, which means that if you wiggle the key, it'll wiggle the note. And whoa, you
0: can,
3: yeah, and you, actually,
0: really cool.
3: Yeah, and you can also like glide from one note to the next, and you can like it's ah, oh, it's 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 really good. And then there's another one. That I found because I started looking at these products and Facebook was like, hey, I see you're looking at MIDI controllers. Check <laughs> would out you like ads one. for them forever? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of one for ones for uh, guitar-shaped MIDI controllers, which is cool if it would be cooler if I could play guitar. But uh, one that I thought was really cool is called Doubler, which is a microphone MIDI controller. What? Uh, yeah, so you can either sing into it to hit specific notes. Or you can uh, use a specific function to uh, train it to recognize specific sounds that you make with your mouth. And then it'll do specific drum instruments according to which sound you do. Whoa. Yeah. What
2: I want to do with that then is just like sample some really weird stuff I find in the
1: environment and see what the MIDI controller does with it. (laughs) <laughs> he I'm looking at Huang's thing and it sounds like he does that a lot. He's the guy who boiled and then froze his microphone. Oh
2: Jesus. Oh,
0: that sounds I, very experimental.
3: Yeah. I it mean probably, probably got some
2: that, cool noises off of that.
3: Yeah. Um oh, he, he does cool stuff. He does very cool stuff. And his move his videos are very watchable.
2: <laughs> Sorry, a uh, uh aim agent just climbed on top of a box in this training room I'm in, and I shot him with an arrow and he fell back off the box immediately. Oh no, very
3: satisfying that uh, AOL service manager.
0: Um <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah. Delightful. So what are you guys looking forward to? I'm
3: I'm looking forward to being done with this specific term yeah. of school so I can move to the next one and spend more time with my instruments. I'm looking Yay. forward to the episode of One
2: Division that by the time you listen to this episode, we'll have already watched.
0: Yes. I, I cannot wait for that either. Actually, I'm also really excited for. The next installment of Unsleeping City too, because Ooh, that's starting yeah. to ramp up pretty yeah, we're intensely. we
2: the end game on that show, uh,
3: and as always, Brennan is not disappointing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I just remembered. Uh, Persona Five Strikers came out today, as of Ooh. just recording for PS4, uh, and it's technically, chronologically speaking, a sequel to Persona Five. So
2: so you're playing persona 5.1 if we're using kingdom hearts not uh,
3: lumbering well I, mm, uh, <laughs> debatable but yeah honestly i feel like royals is more like 5.1 honestly so this is 5.2 this this is this is its own thing this is strikers okay.
2: right but it's but it's we can't call it six because there might be a persona six someday so what are we going to call it Strikers. But 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 it needs a number, Rowan. You gotta
3: number it. Y- yes, persona five. S. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take the S. <laughs> five point S. Jaris. Um, I'm looking forward
1: to living a life such that when I die, people are not literally celebrating. Um and no <laughs> so one has yeah. to, Make an argument that the only way to honor me would not mention all the terrible things I said and did. And right. I'll let you
2: know. I how can't that goes. imagine who you're who you're talking about, Jerris. And I know we're in kind of a rush to end the
1: episode. I
0: the <laughs> I Irrigan see what you did, did there.
1: Irrogant <laughs> Worms did one of no, it was Moxie Fruvis did one of the greatest uh, songs in the nineties that are dedicated to this person and the song works by never naming him. It is amazing. Oh Oh my God. I should have listened to that. I'm going to play that as soon as we're done. Fabulous. (laughs) Anyway, that's pretty much it. I am, of course, watching more um, Resident Alien, excited for Wandavision, all that good stuff. And I'm on the edge of my seat until my computer and new phone arrive. Also, my ding <laughs> and your Girl new chair because you're supposed to sit on the whole thing. Your Girl Scout yeah, cookies. I've well, I know exactly why it's happening. Somebody last year completely destroyed the. Uh, Post offices delivery system, uh-huh. and then we got a major cold last week, so I ordered three big things that are very important to me a phone, a computer, and $20 of Girl Scout cookies. And not what, wait, what of kind of cookies did you get? What kind of cookies did you get? Two boxes of Samoas, uh, one of the lemon because I've always wanted to try them and no one ever buys them. Um, and I think a box of thin mints, okay, I'm good,
2: sure. It would have been a travesty um, if you hadn't gotten any Thin Mints.
1: Oh, my major thing is Samoas. Um, they're my favorite, and I could throw all the Thin Mints away if it meant saving the Samoas.
2: You know what? That's okay, because one day we'll probably be in a position where we can share cookies again. <laughs> so oh, that just means
1: more Samoas nice. for Thin Mints. Sorry. Yeah. I'd be more for some happy r- to trade.
3: For some reason, I just imagined that image not as two people sitting next to each other companionably eating their own cookies, but as you two tenderly feeding each other cookies. I mean, it's
2: not like it's not happened before. Yeah. You've seen our friendship, Rowan. It's you're, not... you're right. It's not that <laughs> unlikely. The things we've seen each other uh, uh, from each other go far beyond cookie uh, cookie sharing.
1: That is we've true, shared far apologize. more than that.
2: Anyway, um, Jared,
1: if they want to email us, how do they do that? Email us at aceofgeekspodcasting at gmail dot com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting
2: at gmail dot com. You can find us on Twitter at Ace of Geeks, uh, on Facebook at. um uh, just search for the Ace of Geeks and you'll find us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those lovely places where people go to cast their pods. Uh, my name is Mike Fatem, and you can find me on the internet at VengeanceGod on Twitter uh, and at Broken Infinity Films on Instagram. Uh,
0: Instagram. Hi, I'm Ailing. You can find me on Office Hours with ML. Um, we do kind of on demand math and science tutoring. I stream once a week, and I also make fun little YouTube videos. Um, The latest thing that I've put up is that interactive timeline of 60 years of Mars exploration. So do check it out on Facebook, um, and tell me what you think. Anyways, yeah, that's me.
3: I've been Rowan. You can find me at rowan at theinternet.gov. You Please can't. don't actually go to the
2: internet.gov. That may actually be a real website. Probably <laughs> uh, yes. is. Also,
3: I wanted to thank everybody who emailed us since last week. Uh, especially Google. Thank you very much for the security alert. Uh... <laughs> oh,
2: thank you. Thank you. We we were glad to know that you're still listening to us, Google. <laughs> Seriously, if you're one of the people listening to the podcast, just just let us know who you are at least. We want to know <laughs> who you are. We wanna know you.
3: We want to like, know you not in that I, way. I understand. I understand if if hearing those words makes you feel shy. Uh, email us as anonymously as possible with the message. I am behind you and we'll get the picture. It's OK. <laughs> the picture
2: <laughs> being you behind us. That's what we'll get.
1: All right. Not taking um, this any longer than it already is. Um, the very last thing we have to say is a very. Party! Hello,
2: Hello, welcome to Ace of Geeks, Geek's, Geek's, I Geek's, I Geek's I Podcast. <laughs> All right, let me get off
1: of Avengers so I can stop us recording. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably
3: get off of YouTube and stop looking at Huang's videos. I should probably get off of this chair at some point because my ass is asleep.
2: That was an Ace of Geeks podcast.
3: Hello, Hello and welcome. welcome.